Hey everyone, this is Adam Ellenboss from Nightlight Astrology, and today I am really excited to be joined by a number of students and alumni from some of my astrology programs. They are here today to talk about ancient astrology, what it is, why it's amazing, um, how they've enjoyed the programs that they've been a part of through the Nightlight School, and uh, to hear from them about how their professional development is going, and hopefully offer some insight for all of you into the topic of ancient astrology, what is it? What is Hellenistic or ancient Greek astrology? Where does it fall in comparison to all the other schools of astrology that are out there? Maybe help you get to know a little bit about the theoretical background that I'm coming from as one of your YouTube astrologers, and also answer any questions that you might have before joining one of my courses. So um, that is our agenda for today. As always, before we get into it, don't forget to like and subscribe, share your comments and reflections. If there's some question that you have about the programs or about ancient astrology that we didn't answer today, please do drop us a comment. You can also email us info at nightlightastrology.com. And as we go, I will be giving you more information uh, along the way about how you can sign up for one of our programs. If in hearing about this, it excites you and you want to come study with us. So I'll make sure that that's put in, but it'll also be in the um the what is it the description of the video so you'll find the information there as well if you want a transcript of today's talk you can find it also on the website nightlightastrology.com okay well on that note before i invite our students on i want to offer a little bit of context first we want to talk about what ancient astrology is when we say ancient astrology when you hear people say that nowadays say for the past i don't know 10 years you may have seen that or heard that, uh, you know, sort of on social media or whatever. And you go, well, what is that? So broadly speaking, ancient astrology refers to the earliest era of horoscopic astrology. By horoscopic astrology, we mean astrology that features 12 signs, 12 houses, the traditional seven planets. Of course, in modern astrology, we add in the outers, maybe asteroids and so forth. But it is that astrology that features a chart cast from at the moment of birth with a rising sign that determines the order of signs. Again, 12 houses, 12 signs, the planets thrown in, we get things like aspects and essential dignities. Um, and we use that chart to understand something about the fate or destiny, um, the soul's journey uh, through this lifetime. So horoscopic astrology is the name given to that broad field of astrology that includes those basic features. We have different cultures that have carried the tradition of horoscopic astrology, most notably in the um, Greek Hellenistic Roman Empire part of the world and also in India, but also at times carried by Persian, Arabian, Islamic, Jewish astrologers, Christian astrologers, spreading out through Europe, um, moving at times um, east and west. There's different periods like the medieval period that comes a little bit later in the tradition where a lot of the same ancient doctrines are at play, but there's new developments happening. And a lot of that also takes place in Indian astrology, which comes from the same horoscopic roots. Ancient astrology, when you hear me talking about it or people talking about it, is usually referring to what is sometimes also called Hellenistic or ancient Greek astrology which is the astrology that was practiced in the Greek-speaking, not necessarily ethnically Greek, but Greek-speaking Hellenistic world. In that space for, say, the last 500 years BCE, all the way through the fall of the Roman Empire, I think it was around the 6th century A in the Common Era CE, 
through that period of time, you have, broadly speaking, a set of teachings and doctrines that constitute the earliest era of astrology. And there's innovations and there's debates, and it's not like there's just um, some uniform set of rules or theories. I mean, it's a living tradition and always has been. But that earliest era of astrology was not largely not understood and not available to modern astrologers until very recently. And the reason for that is that most of the surviving manuscripts of this era, this earliest era of astrology, were not available in the English language um, until astrologers very gradually, and not just one, but a, a group of astrologers, including people like James Holden and another translation project that was called Project Hindsight, started getting in uh, a hold of the what are called the critical editions of these ancient Greek texts which were put together by scholars of ancient manuscripts and collected. And then these texts were gradually translated into English for the first time, uh, anywhere from like the 70s all the way up to the 90s when there was a big explosion of translations that took place through what is now called Project Hindsight. And that was a group of astrologers that came together, including Robert Hand, Robert Zoller, Robert Schmidt, and a lot of astrologers who came out of that translation effort, deeply impacted by the discovery of these ancient texts and the revival of this earliest period of astrology. People like Chris Brennan, Demetra George, Austin Kopic. I mean, there's a huge list of astrologers that were profoundly inspired by the translation efforts that took place during this period a couple of decades ago. So what we're getting in touch with over the past, say, 30 to 40 years, especially, is all of the earliest doctrines and teachings that we've ever known of in the modern era uh, that ancient astrologers were utilizing. So broadly, the study of those ancient methods and sort of the philosophical and theoretical roots of our tradition have only been available to us for several decades. Um, and I would say more popularity, uh, more popularly in the past maybe 10, 15, something like that, where books that were written by Chris Brennan, his astrology podcast, Demetra George, and some of the fantastic textbooks that she's written, um, and myself and the Nightlight Astrology School and other schools and practitioners that have popped up who have devoted themselves to integrating these methods and then presenting them, teaching them, and helping waves of students understand these teachings and in integrate them alongside of various modern developments like archetypal um, psychology or evolutionary astrology or whatever else. So anyway, that's the like condensed version of what ancient astrology is, how it's appeared on the scene somewhat recently, and why it is so popular. It's so popular because it's giving us insight into the roots of our tradition, and it's brand new. It's 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 weird that something so ancient for us would feel so brand new, and that's pretty exciting. So anyway, the Nightlight School is dedicated to helping students understand ancient astrology while also making meaningful connections to modern psychological practices and um, other modern developments like the outer planets and so forth. At any rate, so that's your backdrop. Today, I am so glad to be uh, welcoming a group of Nightlight alumni and students and staff to come and talk to you about their experience with ancient astrology, studying it, learning it, the course, what they've liked or enjoyed about the course, um, and uh, other questions that we've developed for uh, the sake of like a little interview here. And I hope you'll enjoy it, both so that you can understand more about ancient astrology and how it's impacted these students, 
um, in their astrological journey. And also so you can learn more about the school in case you want to come study with us because our next program starts on November uh, 18th. And I'll tell you more at the end of today's program, uh, today's talk about how you can join if you want to. All right. So on that note, I'm going to call in our panel today. Really excited to have everyone here. Anna Marie, welcome. Pippa, Meg, all Nightlight alumni, and Delia and Michelle, who are Nightlight staff. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thanks for having us. Yep. Yeah. Hi. <clears throat> Hi. Yeah. So, so um, there's a lot. Of, I have a bunch of questions for you guys. We're not going to be able to get through all of them, but let's start with a, a big one, which is um, maybe maybe we could you could each say one thing about why you have enjoyed studying ancient astrology or what what makes it unique for you or special or yeah why you like it that's just a, a broad uh, a broad question but i think a really good starting point and we can go you know you can just whoever wants to go can go i don't want to have to i don't want to call on people well yeah maybe um for me, it's um, very important to know the hows and the whys. And when this revival happened with ancient astrology becoming more accessible and the source text um, being translated and more accessible to everyone, um, I just, in a very natural way, got very interested in digging deep. And it has opened the door, I feel, to uh, understanding um, the philosophy of the ancient astrologers, which I find really interesting, and their worldview and how they thought of um, so differently than in our time, maybe of uh, all of the things that are around them, um, as well as the stars. And I'm just very curious to know what, yeah, where do the significations come from? Uh, that is something that I find really intriguing, the significations of the signs and the planets and um, how they understood the planets and knew the gods so well. Uh, I find that endlessly intriguing. And um, this is something that I feel uh, traditional astrology or ancient astrology does offer. Um, and uh, that's just for me personally, I find that um, so fascinating. And um, we've got a lot of material now. A lot of material is offered in the course. And um, I think there is so much for everybody to cherry pick. And, and for me, the philosophy was a big, big deal. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, hi, by the way, I... Something that I really enjoyed that, that came through was that the, 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 the stars or the, the astrology is not, it's not like the planets are compelling us, but it's just like it's, like it's God's ink. It's just a way to chat or to hear or listen if we open up rather than the planets are making us do something and we're kind of stuck in that whilst there is a deterministic element, which I actually enjoy, coming from a many decades of modern astrology. Um, I enjoyed there was something quite concrete about it, whilst not saying that there's no free will. 
is there is something like that 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 we are being we are being uh, talked to if we choose yeah. to look at look at it and i loved that and that came through very strongly and i really enjoyed that something i really appreciate about hellenistic astrology is that it can be uh, a tool for philosophical meditation um, and understanding, as Michelle mentioned. It can also uh, teach tools for personal insight and understanding. So really getting into that psychological, emotional um, element of development. But then at the same time, it can also be very concrete and predictive, um, which I like because uh, I feel like it invites me to... Um, not always be in such a self-centered perspective, but to look at the chart as things representing things outside of myself in ways that can speak extremely clearly. Right. A, a planet can show up and it can, in a particular context, you know, you can understand, you know, a planet is your boss at work, or you can understand that a planet is someone that you're thinking about getting into a relationship with. And suddenly its position, its sign, its house are not necessarily speaking to aspects of your own character or psychology, though they could be, you know, but they're, they're actually describing a person that's in your world right now. And um, ancient astrologers had this very mercurial way of moving between a reflection of the planets as inner states and as external circumstances of, of fate or destiny. Um, it's remarkable. And to Michelle's point, you can't really study ancient astrology without being confronted by the world that they lived in and the philosophy that they had, which is not one that you necessarily have to adopt, but you have to, all of a sudden you're realizing that what you've known about astrology has con is constituting its own philosophy that you didn't even know you had because you have to look at it in a, from the lens of how ancient astrologers were philosophizing and what they were saying about astrology and they aren't the same. And I don't think that means that you have to choose a team to play on, but it makes you work through things. Yeah. Um, I think for me, I, I mean, I agree with everything that everyone said, but um, something that I'd like to add is um, I, I think um you know, regardless of what type of astrology you're drawn to or that you ultimately want to practice, um, you know, I, I came into this class with, def with definitely more of a background in modern evolutionary archetypal astrology. Um, and, uh, but, but I feel like learning the foundations of ancient astrology is just such a valuable tool um, you know, it's just such a good foundational education that you can then like build on however you want from there, but just kind of getting, just getting that like solid basis, um, that you can then, you know, like at, like accessorize however you want. Um, mm -hmm. but it just has been, I mean, it's just been invaluable for me. Like, I just, I feel like I, um, you know, I just have such a more, just like thorough, solid, um, like integrated understanding of the planets. Um, yeah. And just like, yeah, like, um, like, a, like, like, why, why did people 
like, where did astrology come from in the first place? And, um, you know, why is this something that um, we're drawn to, you know, century after century? Um, so, yeah, I'm just, yeah, yeah, I'm grateful for having this, um, this foundational astrological education. Um, for me, I come from a background in uh, academia. Um, and so I think ancient astrology has been really helpful for me because it's given me the tools to answer a lot of the kind of logical questions. Like, where did this come from? Mm -hmm. How does, how are these things connected? Right. Um, that, you know, I think will then allow me to do all kinds of astrology. Um, and I think it can do that for anybody. Um, and I've been really amazed at what an intricate uh, and interconnected system yeah. of meanings that the ancients uh, developed. I mean, it, it's such a complex philosophy. And I think that it is really important for all of us kind of in the contemporary moment to really go back and understand our roots and be able to kind of develop those further. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. I, I love that one of the things that, you know, I appreciate both Anna Marie and Meg said is sort of one that regardless of what form of astrology you practice, when you go back to the roots and you understand some of the why and, you know, the interconnect, how different parts of the theory were connected and why they were originally connected. Like what is a house? What is a sign, for example? And what's the difference? I don't, I, I couldn't, I was five years into a professional practice when I started studying ancient astrology and I couldn't have answered that question. In fact, in modern astrology, I had really been taught that signs and houses were kind of interchangeable. And I, you know, I didn't understand. So you study ancient astrology and you learn that there's a completely different philosophical rationale behind what a house is and what a sign is and where they get their meanings from. And that Aries equals Mars equals the first house is not the way they were thinking about it. That alone like completely blew my mind because you know, I, and I don't blame anyone for, you know, like I'm not trying to pick on anyone for having, I mean, that's all I knew. And that's all most people knew because we were trying to piece a system together before we had these ancient texts and we were doing the best we could. But I also like, you know, what Meg was saying about regardless of what form of astrology you practice, studying ancient astrology is sort of like just understanding where the whole like it's like understanding the trajectory of the whole tradition and when you have that even if you're like you know i'm not going to be a purely hellenistic astrologer i really like evolutionary or i really lean in the direction of psychological astrology you'll you will have um a much richer understanding of all of the parts you're working with regardless of what style you in which you work with them and and i think that's that's why it would be well, you know, I've had a lot of evolutionary astrologers come through the program and though they continue to practice evolutionary, they'll never look at their houses the same, even though they're still <laughs> applying the evolutionary theory to the way they talk about houses, you know? So yeah, stuff like that's really cool. Anyone, you guys want to add anything else? Yeah, I just want to say that the system is so elegant in a way that everything is interconnected and it allows us to actually think about astrology um, independently, think about the relationships between the planets, become good friends with the planets, get to know them really well and see how they interact and all of that. And 
what was a relief to me is is that we don't need to look up aspects between this and that planet in a book, but you, that you can actually just think about it yourself and that the chart starts speaking to you in, in, because there is such an elegant interconnection between mm -hmm. all of the elements of mm -hmm. Hellenistic astrology. So it allows for autonomy and as well as a personal relationship with, you know, what you're doing there with, um, with the divinatory part that I feel is there for, um, for astrology. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I wanted to mention, cause Adam was talking about the house, like, um, like kind of divorcing the houses from the signs. Um, and that was something that like was really specifically like, uh, just a really powerful part of the 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 class for me was learning that um, the houses are different from the signs, and um, which is something that I had just um, like taken for granted, you know, taken for granted um, before. That uh, you know, just always hearing the um, you know each each house has a has a association with a certain sign, um, and I think like I'd never really understood houses before and they felt a little superfluous to me um and then learning them independent from like any association with the sign i really really started to see them differently and um i mean now they're just like a huge i mean houses are a huge part of my practice and they feel so rich and alive in a way that they um that they never had before. Um, and so I think that's just like one specific example of the way that ancient astrology is, um, uh, yeah, worth learning. <laughs> yeah. There was a, a phrase that um, I heard, uh, I think it was Robert Schmidt, who was one of the chief translators of some of these ancient texts and large, large, um, largely responsible for helping popularize um, ancient astrology in the modern era. Um, so many people have taken up his project and run with it in their own directions. And, um, but one thing he said was that in translating these texts, and he's someone who had a background in ancient Greek philosophy, that the texts and the astrological theory and philosophy itself, which was attributed to Hermes frequently, um, was like a hermetic mandala that whether you're studying the Thema Mundi, which was this ancient teaching chart, or you're understanding the rationale of houses or the logic behind aspects, dignities, um, that there was at work that, of course, there's a background of Pythagorean and Egyptian philosophy, probably Indian philosophy. There's, there's a melting pot of philosophies at that time in the world, but that they're like these interconnected, interlocking uh, theoretical areas, right? Like houses, aspects, signs, and they all seem like they're there. They each have like their own department, you know, <laughs> and you, you go in and like an English department or in a university. But what you find when you study enough of houses is that it's the only way that you can start unlocking something about the planets that you weren't able to understand. And then weirdly, the more you study planets, at some point, it'll unlock something about houses. Hmm. And so yeah. 
over time you start to realize that what you're looking at is this mandala and that that and for that reason schmidt said that he believed that things like this theoretical and a theoretical apparatus like this that's so beautiful and eloquent um is more like the person who you know like einstein who downloads a a sort of scientific revolution, a, a picture in his mind that comes, you know, from some kind of genius, like a daimon, um, or uh, whoever it is that comes, you know, sort of a team of people that suddenly come up with the, the idea of string theory or something, you know, it's like these, this beautiful picture of a, of a, of a, of a yeah, like a theoretical language, a divinatory language that he believed must have been downloaded. And when the, when you read these ancient astrology texts, they they say that that's where that it came from a god, you know, and through sages that were in touch with this god. Um, I don't think I ever. I mean, not that I don't believe in divine inspiration or you know mystical experiences. I had ten years of psychedelic experiences with ayahuasca, which is very powerful. So I'm open minded. But I don't think until. I really deeply studied Hellenistic astrology that I would have believed that the system of astrology was like downloaded somehow as a, you know, but the more you study ancient astrology, the more you're left with that feeling, you, you know, that's, that's my impression anyways. It's like, this was some kind of divinely, almost like the way that someone, people at some point received like an entire modality of music or something. It's, it's pretty breathtaking. Yeah. Well, I think it might not immediately be obvious. So I want to state it really clearly that um, because Hellenistic astrology is the original form of Western horoscopic astrology, I think part a great part of the value of learning it is that you don't just learn um, what the symbols of astrology mean or how to apply them in technique, but actually you learn how and why uh, those elements got their symbolism in the first place. Mm -hmm. um, so we know, oh, a square is difficult, but why? There's, a, mm -hmm. there's an explanation and a reason behind that that you can access. You know, um, why are Saturn transits, uh, why do Saturn transits tend to be more challenging than Jupiter transits? Why uh, is this house associated with this topic? And so it's yeah. not just... Um, you don't just learn what the symbols mean, but you learn why in a way that you can really deeply integrate. And if you get those first principles into you, um, you'll become, you can get more depth out of them over the course of your astrological studies and practice and um, become more flexible with what you can use them to express as well. I remember John Mayer in an interview he did, I was listening because I've been really into, I saw him play this summer with Dead and Companies. My wife's been getting me into the Grateful Dead. And there was an interview with him and he said, um, far more important for musicians than learning the song you love is learning the thing behind the song you love that made it the song you love. Mm -hmm. So in other words, like if you, like let's just say that there's a, a blues song that you just really love. It's probably, at least in great part, the reason you love that song, in addition to the lyrics or who played it or sang it or whatever, is that you like the chord progression or you like the, the style or the key that it's in or there's something about, you know, whatever it is. So he was saying, like, because then what you have as a musician, in addition to learning the actual song, which is cool, 
is you have knowledge about something that you love that you can work with because you understand how it works. Mm. And that was the advice that he had for musicians. This was called the music of the spheres. You know, the ability for ancient astrologers to sit down and do a meaningful reading was not very different from the ability to sit down and play music um, in an improvisational way. You can't play music in an improvisational way meaningfully that acts as medicine for the soul for another human being, unless you also know how to play music. But the improvisational piece is highly misunderstood when it comes to astrology. People think that it's all about learning rules and that it's a science. Yeah. It has, there's elements because it's a language, there's elements that are logical and sort of scientific. There's a really coherent logical system that creates the grammar and the sort of syntax and diction of the language. But your ability to take that language and apply it to a unique client in a unique situation with a unique set of concerns at a unique period of time in their life is always improvisational. Ancient astrologers were also much more aware of that sort of divinatory aspect of astrology than we are now. Even though in the modern, in, like in a way it's weird because you would think that in modernity, we'd be way more open-minded, right? But I think that the problem is that in like one of the hallmarks of modern astrology is that early modern astrologers really were trying to make astrology a legitimate science taken seriously by scientific, rational, empirical academics. And the problem with that is that academia, there's certainly people in the arts, I think, in academia that are open to this, but we have to understand that um, the, like the, the em empirical nature of something like music and how it has truth telling or truth speaking power is not deeply understood by the sciences. You know, it's just, it's a different way of knowing. It's a different way of experiencing. And just in astrology participates in that lineage of being very musical, but we don't, yeah, we don't, we, we don't really have space in our heads for how astrology can be predictive and descriptive and also not a science. <laughs> Ancient astrology just dips you in the water and says, this is actually sort of what it is. And you go like, holy crap. Yeah. This is like, it's <laughs> like a four day trip to an Oracle in the ancient world, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I, I can get on a real rant about this stuff as you guys know, cause you've had to sit through my classes. <laughs> um, I have questions for you guys about the program, some practical questions that will help students who are, or people who are interested in maybe becoming a student. Um, you know, uh, questions that I'll just throw and you can answer any of these. What were you looking for in a program? What made you decide to give uh, the nightlight first year program a try? At least this, there's first year, second year, we have third year program, we have horary, but what, what got your foot in the door said, I'm going to try this. And a second one would be, um, you know, what was your experience like going through the program? What was really special for you about it? Or what did you really like about it? Don't yeah. all talk at once. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I guess, um, you know, I had, so why I was, um, you know, what I was looking for in a course, um, I had gotten to a point in my um, astrological self-study where I kept coming up against concepts that I couldn't understand. And I, I couldn't understand um, 
like I, I I didn't even know enough to like know where to find information to like solve solve these things for me or educate myself. Um, so I was starting to think it might be nice to take a class that was a little bit more, um, uh, yeah, just like um, from the beginning, going over all all the things. Um, and I, I'd been listening to Adam's. Well, I've been listening to your your Adam's podcast for about a year before I decided to enroll. And I think um I just I really appreciated Adam, your um like the the sense of humor and the humility and also just like the um like the divine wonder that you brought or that you bring to astrology. Um that really appealed to me. Um yeah, there's just like a, a down-to-earthness with your content that I thought um it just it just felt more accessible to me, and so that's why I decided to sign up for the nightlight class. I think also I also have an MFA in creative writing, and so it felt sort of like maybe just a little nod from the universe, being like right. this is the right direction to go in. But um, but that wasn't the only reason. Um, and then uh, gosh, there's I mean I I appreciated the course so much. Um, I was not expecting it to be, um, just. It's just so like so profound for my life as it ended up being. Um, I was thinking, oh, I'm like gonna scratch this astrology itch that I have, but it was just really transformational for me. Um, I didn't start the course thinking that I would be um, that I that I would be a, like uh, I, I didn't start the course thinking I'm going to become a professional astrologer, um, but that's something that like you know happened during the course of the class, and then. Um, it just also, um, it just had a, such such a profound impact on my spiritual life as well, which has been just just like such a wonderful gift. Mm -hmm. um, I think uh, just kind of practically, I think the class is really, really well run. It's so well organized. Um, you can tell there's so much thought put into um, just all the materials, but also like the sequencing of the materials, you know, how they're doled out. Um, and, uh, and I guess, um, yeah, this, the study sessions, just a shout out to Michelle and Delia, um, they're not throwaway sessions at all. Like the study sessions were, there's just such a beautiful part of the class. Um, Michelle and Delia are like fantastic instructors. Um, you know, it really feels, you know, Adam is the instructor of the course, but it really feels like you feel so supported and held by so many people. Um, and gosh, I'm, I'll let someone else talk. There's so many other things that I could say about the course, but um, yeah. Thanks, but, Meg. Really yeah. appreciate it. It's so, it's, it, we're going to make sure that we tell you more about Meg's work. Um, we're so proud of her and all the students who come through the program and either intentionally or surprisingly, you know, start reading for clients. Um, it's, it's not easy to do. You're never really ready for it, but we love it when we see our students being like, you know what, I'm going to try to help people with this because, you know, there are the right kind of clients will come to each person. And so, um, we, yeah, it's really great to see you doing that, Meg. Yeah, that's great. And it's exactly what happened to me, Meg. I, yeah, I took this course like four years ago. I can't believe it's four years ago, but uh, I was interested in the philosophy and I ended up being a professional astrologer like <laughs> while I was still doing the second year, the advanced class. 
And uh, just because I had so much love for astrology that it was kindled in me through this course that I had to just give it back somehow. Yeah, uh, I had to, I had to keep, immer yeah, be immersed in it. Uh, so I really recognize it. And I'm so glad Meg that, uh, yeah, that this also happened to you. Yeah. Um, I, um, I really appreciate it actually at the beginning. I, um, I think Adam said, I mean, I've been listening to as when you, it was a teacher barber, and I loved the, you, the spiritual side of it and mixing it in with really grounded concrete stuff. I loved that combination. But I was already, I had been for a long time, a practicing astrologer. But I knew that I had been kind of all this self-taught, the piecemeal, a bit here, a bit there. And I, and I for years, wanted to find uh, an astrology course that would hold me I keep my interest and not be so basic that I would kind of drift off, but also that would keep me grounded. And this course absolutely did that. And in fact, I think Adam said, well, to me, look, if you don't like it, if it's too simple, we'll give you your money back. Well, I haven't asked for my money back. because <laughs> It was so challenging. <laughs> it, it really, you know, the not just the astronomy, and I completely agree with Meg. Shout out to Michelle and Delia. There is not, they pick up every single thread. You know, if there's any question, if there's anything, they, they, they hold you completely. And it is fantastic. And it is such a valuable part of the course. Um, and, and I'm, I'm dyslexic, so I find Delia's graphics fantastic. It's just another way. It's always something that can help you access the material. And sometimes you've just got to go off and sit with it. <laughs> There's no help. You've just got to figure it out because it, it's deep. It's deep. And I absolutely loved it. Oh, thanks, Pippa. Yeah, Delia yeah. is our... We I, I When Delia came on as my assistant she had such a task in front of her because she had to help me work my programs are getting bigger and we needed like a million just organizational things done in terms of like customer service and scheduling and all sorts of stuff but then she was looking at my powerpoints and she was like oh adam you, you're, you're 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 a great teacher your powerpoints need some help <laughs> and so she's she is she has developed all of the presentations visually aesthetically um and uh, and in many cases also help me revise and sharpen the curriculum along with Michelle. Um, yeah. And we do that all the time too. Like right now, Michelle and I are going over every single lesson in the year one course and tightening screws and, you know, trying to make things better. We, we constantly do that. So it's a, it's a team effort. And, and Delia and Michelle are the tutors that lead our breakout study sessions between mm -hmm. major units of study. So you can jump in in a class if you're like, man, you know, that series on dignities was a lot. Uh, you can jump in on this optional study group or watch the replay um, and uh, and get uh, like questions answered. Or you can go into the discussion forum and ask questions. And Michelle is like chief of staff in there along with a couple of other tutors. And you'll get your questions answered, um, you know, in, in written form, if not through the, the study groups. Mm. But thank you, Pippa. That was such a nice testimonial. Really appreciate you. I mean it. 
Um, I thought the course was incredibly well designed and thorough. Um, we spent a really long time understanding how uh, all the signs are related to the seasons. Um, we also took the outer planets out of the equation for the year. And I thought that was one of the most helpful things for me um, because in my kind of uh, scattered astrological self-study before then, um, I, I was tending to rely on them, I think a little bit too much. And what has been so cool is to see how great they are, but also how with the traditional seven planets, um, we can find very similar dynamics in any given chart. Um, probably my favorite part of the course came in the last uh, half um, when we would get to watch Adam do live readings um, for clients. And then we got to uh, give some feedback, ask him questions afterwards. Um, and that to me was really what uh, motivated me to uh, want to be an astrologer. Um, I saw how therapeutic it was, how people felt seen and, and witnessed um, in this really transformative and deep way. Um, and that moved me. I think it moved a lot of us in the class. And mm. um, it was also very instructive too to see out of all this kind of complex material that we'd been learning, um, how it really boiled down to these very incisive and, and simple, clear um, themes in any given chart that ended up being the focus of the reading. Um, you know, whereas I think before may, many of us may have been kind of overwhelmed with how many different uh, aspects and uh, dynamics we might point to. Um, and I think getting to see Adam just kind of drill down in this beautiful um, and kind of poetic way um, with the individual clients and work with them uh, was uh, very powerful. Um, and certainly that has made me want to help people in a similar way um, and do astrology for, um, you know, with a more counseling kind of therapeutic aim. You know, it's funny because what a lot of people like they'll they'll go through the theoretical portion of the course and their mind will just be <laughs> turning, you know, like it's like the rotation of the heavens, but sped up in your head. You're just yeah. like, Whoa. you know, um, and then it, what, what I love, my favorite part of the program is that if you make it that far and you just go, there's something about this that I love. And I love what I love more than I'm letting my confusion or overwhelm, mm -hmm. you know, get, get yeah. in my head because it's like a choice with ancient astrology. You either, when you have moments of insight and epiphany and things are coming together, those moments either carry you through the overwhelm or you let the overwhelm take over and you forget how magical the ride has been. And if people make it to, you know, the end of the program, the last third where we see live clients and we do a lot of chart practice, and then they see how simple and eloquent the actual application of all of this complex stuff can be and how it can work with your intuition, your individual experience and artfulness that comes from yourself, not a method or a technique, but yourself. Yeah. I mean, I remember Firmicus Maternus, I read this letter at the end of every program 
Firmicus Maternus said, at the end of the day, it will be the way in which studying this material has transformed your heart, your consciousness, that you will do good astrology and not by means of all the techniques and methods that I'm about to teach you. And it's like, at the end of the day, if the process of learning all of this stuff has excited your heart, inspired yeah. your mind, then when you see the readings and the chart practice and you see how simple it can be and how it invites your own creativity and it invites your, your own um, divinatory abilities, uh, people get really excited. And we see a lot of people who had no idea that they would come. They thought it was, this is my hobby. And they end up reading part-time or even full-time for other people. Um, so yeah. And, and Pippa, I'll ask you, since you're a practicing astrologer, have you started incorporating elements of Hellenistic into your practice? Absolutely. Um, I, and in fact, I, I would say I predominantly do, but it, it's, it has completely changed the way I do it. Um, and I feel very, um, I, I, the, there's a method, there's a method from your uh, teaching that I employ and then I let the method go and, and then just allow the, 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 the oracle, the chart to, to speak. And that combination works really, really well. So it's not just in my head, all the techniques, as, as you say, that kind of melts and then it allows the oracle to speak. And it's yeah. fantastic. And yeah, I mean, the, using the, the houses as temples and the whole sign system Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. It just, it's just, it feels so right. I love That's it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Mm. You guys, thank you all so much for being here today. I don't want to keep this going for too long. Um, we're already at 45 minutes, so it feels like it's probably a good space for us to um, wrap things up. Um, Michelle and Delia as our, uh, you know, you guys are like my main wingman. Uh, wing, wing women, whatever the right <laughs> phrase is, um, who teach with me and lead every single class. Michelle and Delia are present in every single class with me, yeah. answering questions, helping the Q&A, because we have a Q&A box that's streaming during the actual, I mean, you don't, we see it, you don't see it, it's not a distraction, but Michelle and Delia will be there answering live questions as I'm teaching and then will be present helping me field questions during the Q&A session and then leading the breakout study sessions. So they are like very integral um, to the success of the programs. I'll let you guys have the last word. Anything you wanna say about the program, what you think people will get from it or yeah, just any, any wise words you wanna uh, end us on today. Yes, um, as uh, I get a lot of enrollment emails, asking, is this um, the right course for me? In terms of level of experience. So um, something I really appreciate about the program is that for all that it is substantive and logical and ordered, it's also extremely flexible and adaptable. Mm -hmm. So if you're coming at it as a true beginner, which is how when I took the course, I couldn't have listed out the 12 signs for you. I was absolutely zero. Um, the course works because the concepts are presented in, an, in a way that builds up your knowledge. So there's no prior knowledge uh, necessary. At the same time, the concepts are treated with such depth that even people who have been studying astrology for decades or even have astrological practices, Pippa's nodding her head, can also yeah. find <laughs> something to get out of it. So um, it's good for beginners. It's good for advanced students. 
Um, some people say, uh, hey, you know, um, I really need the structure of a live program because I know that if I if I don't have a schedule that I have to attend to that day, I fall off. Well, then um, the classes are live. It's not um, the live classes are not pre-recorded material. Uh, some people say, hey, I really like to study at my own pace. Uh, and then, you know, you can just follow along with the recordings. You receive lifetime access to the course page. You have an entire year after the end of the program to take your exam. You know, some people come in with the intention of studying astrology professionally. Some people just do it as a hobby. Some people are visual learners. Some people like to read. So really, like, you can take the course the way that you want, um, and it will adapt to you. And if you have any questions at all, then uh, the team is here to provide guidance and support in how to go about your studies. The only person that I would say wouldn't be a good candidate for this program would be someone who already has formal training in Hellenistic astrology. If that's you, unless you are looking for, you know, complementary programs to deepen that knowledge, which I've taken multiple classes on the same subjects in astrology, including ancient astrology. So I love doing that. But, you know, that would be the only exception. If you haven't ever studied Hellenistic astrology, but you've studied modern astrology for 20 years, I guarantee you 90% of this class will be brand new to you. Yeah. Um, you'll, you'll understand the houses like you have never understood them before, the signs, the planets, etc. So that it really is on that level for total beginners or people who are very advanced, but have never studied ancient astrology. Um, Delia, I want you guys to know you can follow her on Instagram stars and soul MX is her Instagram handle. She told me earlier, she's not on very often, but would be glad to make new friends. So <laughs> you can, you can reach out to her there. Is there anything else I should add Delia for you? Uh, I don't do readings, but, um, and my Instagram is pretty empty, but there should be stuff going on there eventually. She doesn't do readings, I will say, because she's teaching or helping me develop curriculum or working with students like 24 seven. So she is uh, very much an astrologer though. I will tell you that. Um, uh, Michelle. Yeah, well, Delia said all of the good stuff, but there's one thing I'd like to add, and that is uh, community. <laughs> that is something that I've always found important, and uh, lots of people, you know, because just because my environment personally doesn't have an interest in astrology whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And so what was such a big relief uh, for me is just to find friends um, in Adam's class and um, and just um, to know that you can discuss astrology at length with so many other people is just fantastic. And in fact, I have built up friendships with people all over the world uh, and we've been in touch for years now and it has become such a deep friendship. We've also started actually um, and AstroZine, Astrum Opus on Substack, uh, they will be so, <laughs> so happy that I mentioned this. But this is really the result of this course as well, because all of uh, my sisters from Astrum Opus, they have all um, enrolled in this course. And this is where we met. And so, uh, yeah, I think that's uh, something that's a big plus for a nightlight astrology that uh, we get to know one another. And I would even say 
in the second year in the advanced class, uh, we get to know one another even more uh, when we go into deep practical stuff. And then the last thing I want to say is that um, this is not just a course that you do and then you move on to something else. I think that this is something that uh, is worth revisiting. And I'm not just cheerleading because I'm a teaching assistant here, but honestly, um, this sticks and you can just revisit the material over and over again and find new gems. Uh, it's been so enriching to just deepen the knowledge instead of spreading it out and take this and that. So yeah, um, that was <laughs> what I wanted to add. Thank you. So you should definitely check out check out some of the alumni along with Michelle and their their Astro content at the link below. Astromopus.substack.com is the link there. We'll put it in the description of this video as well. Michelle, you can find has some valuable YouTubes and makes YouTube videos at Michelle's Midheaven. You can find her on Instagram at Michelle's Midheaven as well. And then her website, which is there if you want to book a reading. And Michelle is the first person that I usually turn to to refer a client to if they need something and they don't want to wait eight months, which is my wait time at the moment, eight or nine months or whatever. I'll say, Michelle, I've got a client you want to take. And I trust Michelle 100% um, with my own clientele. And Michelle does fantastic readings for people. So I can't speak highly enough about her work. And you can find it at michellesmidheaven.com if you want to book a reading. But I also recommend just following her. And if you're going to take the class, definitely following her because it'll, it'll be very nice for you to stay in touch with the Nightlight community as you're in the process. The people who seem to have the best experience are people who talk to us. And we're not we are very willing to talk to people about astrology. So throughout the program, if you want a little tip for being successful, talk to the staff, talk to us, talk to us about what you're thinking about, your reflections, your questions. The more that you make it personal, the more it seems to be a very personally satisfying experience for people. And Michelle and Delia are a huge reason for that. They are just really good community builders. So anyway, props to you guys. I want to be sure that we give a moment for our our alumni here too. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about Pippa. Pippa, you can find at yogalantern at hotmail.com. And Pippa, you're comfortable with people emailing you if they'd like a reading? Yes, please. That'd be, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Pippa's been... Pippa's been at it for decades as a professional yep. astrologer and is now incorporating elements of Hellenistic astrology into the way she practices. So if you want to get uh, a reading from Pippa, I mean, um, the magical lights behind you are I think, interesting <laughs> enough for anyone. So <laughs> I'm just kidding. But check out Pippa's work. We're so glad that you came here and um, had such insightful things to add to the conversation today. Um, you, Meg. Man. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Meg. You are on Instagram at rabbit.astrology, uh, and you are also um, can be found at rabbit.astrology at gmail.com, and you are just starting your practice, right? Yes. Yeah. So, so you're comfortable with people emailing you for a reading? Yes. Yeah. You can yeah. set it up. Um, and also, again, like one thing to keep in mind is that Meg has been at it as a student of astrology for a long time. So, you know, a lot of, it's funny how you'll be like a hobby student of astrology and then something will click and we're just, just really happy that we could participate in uh, your professional development. 
I'm, I'm happy you could too. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to follow Meg on Instagram again, it's rabbit.astrology or email her rabbit.astrology at gmail.com. And then uh, Anna Marie, I have, let me just get it up here. Here it is. AnnaMarieAstrology.com. This is a new website that you're launching um, uh, for your professional practice. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be posting um, weekly forecasts and some more in-depth uh, analyses of different transits. Um, and then you can also uh, contact me for a reading using that website. Awesome. So check that out. I also want to point you to um, Anna Marie's YouTube channel, which is you can find it on YouTube at Anna Marie Astrology. So it's the same as the website, AnnaMarieAstrology.com or YouTube Anna Marie Astrology. And have you already started creating content or is this a new page that's going to be coming out soon or? Yeah. So I'm writing content now and I'm going to be starting to post things this week. Um, oh, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I'm so, I'm so happy to see people coming out of the programs inspired to share astrology um, one of the things that we're finding right now is that um, there is like a gr increasing interest in, in demand for astrology. And I'd always, I always tell people, you know, whether your uh, uh, intention is to practice professionally or not, that at least I've always worked with the mindset that my career is not to be viewed through the lens of competition. Uh, we did the same thing when we trained yoga teachers at our studio. We said, rather than going out there and thinking, how do I compete with other astrologers and make myself unique, like get my foot in and be so important or special? It's rather, where can I serve or find a niche that is true to my spirit? And when you focus on that, like how can I offer astrology in a way that feels like it's in alignment with who I really am? Yeah. It's not pushing. It's not, you know, you will, your practice will grow. Some people it grows quickly. Some it takes time. But if you just stay in the place that feels right to you and keep waving the flag, hey, I'm here and I do astrology, people will come. Um, and that's because I deeply believe that it's the oracle or the divine intelligence behind the language of astrology that is orchestrating both our understanding of the material as well as our ability to deliver it, as well as the people who will come to us. Absolutely. So, Anyway, just an encouragement to you guys. I hope that you will keep doing astrology for a long time and that you'll always feel like Nightlight is your ally and friend. You can always come here for Michelle, myself, Delia, um, and anything you need, we're, we're here to help you guys. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for being here today. We're so thankful. Um, I'm thankful to Delia and Michelle too for coming on and helping me promote the program and talk a little bit about what makes ancient astrology so amazing and unique. We will leave it here for today. Um, if you guys have any questions, you can go to the website, which is nightlightastrology.com. Let me just pop it up really quick here. You can go to nightlightastrology.com. And when you go there, you can click on the courses page and click on the first year program. When you scroll down, you'll see it starts November 18th. Uh, this video with Q&A with alumni will be replaced by this one, which is pretty cool. <laughs> Um, and you'll find the description of all the course contains. And at the bottom, you'll find, um, enrollment options. The early bird payment saves you $500 off. There is a 12 month payment plan. If you want to spread tuition out over a year, and then there's need-based tuition assistance, which about 60% of our students over the 13 years that I've been doing this, uh, have used. 
Uh, we really um, pride ourselves on making sure that astrology is accessible for people who are coming from different financial situations. People are students, people have big debt loads, people are on a tight family budget, retired, single parents. We get it. There's a lot of different um, situations out there that make it necessary, at least in our mind, that there be not just one price point, but some flexibility. So if you need a little help, check out that need-based tuition option. We'd be glad to work with you. And if you have any questions about the program or the need-based tuition or anything, email us info at nightlightastrology.com where you will get to talk to Delia or myself or one of our staff. So <laughs> that's it for now. Thank you so much to everyone again for being here, Michelle and Delia. We love you guys and we'll see you guys later. Bye everyone.